Okay, welcome to episode three of Six Fish, Zuko Hearts May, and Other True Facts, the official podcast of Flaming Knives. I'm Rawls. I'm Ellie Wellgoose. And I'm Shizuma. Yeah, and this week we're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to boil some rocks, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boiling rock. Um, yeah, we have uh, a really long episode. <laughs> have some email that we got we're gonna answer a question and we're also finally going to announce the winners of our travel contest and do our dramatic readings and we're never gonna make you guys like wait for that no that's first and the only thing i will preface this with is that currently as we're recording this it is thursday may 8th and just yesterday it was revealed hit the internet that Nickelodeon is going ahead and releasing the novelization of the four-part finale tomorrow. And, and so lots of people are, you know, going into hiding. And I know I am among them. And many people that I know are as well. And so I just wanted to get this out here immediately, guys. We are going to continue with Six Fish. And we are not ever going to spoil anyone for anything past the Boiling Rock. Like, until these things actually air at some point. Let's say, like, leak or something. But we are not going to spoil anybody for anything past the Boiling Rock unless this episode are actually able to be seen in English. Yes, English being key. Right. No Spanish. No, not, like, in Portuguese, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> episodes, we'll have to have a conference about how we want to handle that. But other than that, yeah, yeah, that'll be decided as we come to it. No, no spoilers from a stupid book. So yes, right. that's written for six to eight year olds, and yeah. oh god, it gives me the chills. You guys, I feel a little sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, but <laughs> on to more pleasant things. things. Yes, like the travel contest, mm-hmm. and we ended up with. A winner and two mm-hmm. honorable mentions, and we're not going to read the entire fix for the honorable mentions, but we are going to do excerpts. Our first one is going to be done by Allie, Woo! and um, this is actually an untitled drabble by Estrella Blanca on LJ is the one who submitted this. So yeah, Allie, take it away. All right. Untitled by Estrella Blanca. <laughs> May, he started, but was cut off by her finger against his lips. Your friends are waiting. Before he could respond, May pulled out a key hidden in her sleeves and undid his shackles. Grabbing by the hand, she led him outside the cell, past two currently incapacitated guards, and down a maze of hallways. Stop! They heard behind them, and turned a corner just as a barrage of fireballs whizzed past! May pulled away, a sheet of metal leaning against the wall, revealing a gaping hole. Wait, Zuko said, as she pushed him toward the hole. Come with me! He'd left her behind once, and being away from her for so long, he had missed her. She gave him a smile, a sad smile, and quickly pressed her lips against his. Oh, cliffhanger. Oh, dun dun dun! What happened, you guys? We're gonna fix up some links to the actual fix posted at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people can find out what happened, because yeah. uh-huh. thank you very much for that. Thanks, Estrella um, Blanca. Yes, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much for your entry that we enjoy. Yeah, I apologize for reading it in a ridiculous manner, but that is just how I roll. Yeah, that's the point of a dramatic reading, though, to read that in is a ridiculous true. manner. So, you know. Drama's baked right in, you guys. You yeah. have to do it upright. Basically. Our second honorable mention, which will be performed by myself, is Reflective Resolution by, and then this is a person who I really, really like. is one of my favorite people, but I have no idea. I've, like, struggled eternally with how to say her name. Sometimes I'm like, is it Inviderk or is it Invader K? And I'm sitting around and I have no idea. And, you know, in preparation for this, I actually went and, like, searched through and was, like, looking around for something that would give me a hint. And I went, <laughs> I went to her website where she keeps all of her fic. And actually, she has, like, a frequently asked questions. And one of the frequently asked questions was actually, how do you pronounce your name? And, really? And she said that it was originally supposed to be Invader K, but get this, people said Inverdirk, and she was like, well, that's cool too. So pronounce however you want. Inverdirk or Invader K, or whatever it was to be said. <laughs> you're awesome, and so it's an honorable mention here, and it's called Reflective Resolution, and I'm going to start now. And then, by some stroke of miracle or insanity, or perhaps both, he and she were both gone, and somehow still inexplicably together. And then he was no longer gone, and all she had waited for, just be patient, May, came crashing back to these few wonderful weeks. She cherished them with him, exploring all those things he thought had been long ago displaced by frustration and despair, talking and touching and living. Oh, spirits, for the first time she could smile and breathe and live, and just like that he was gone again, pulled by the force that had been enticing him all along, always just kissing, 
ghosting the back of his mind like her fingers used to graze his chest. Temptation for honor and truth, a chance to make things right. But in his wake he left a ghost of a woman, whose heart beat in her chest but could not thrive on empty wishes and the returning emptiness, not when she had just tasted victory. It's really good that you read that and not me, because I would have been like parenthetical or perhaps. <laughs> You're like, and guys, this is where the parentheses is. Yes, yeah, I, like I just really like to say the word parenthetical. Parenthetical is a fun word, but no, see, I I put parenthetical in my tone. See? I'm just saying I wouldn't have been able to hold out, so it's good that you read that, not me. <laughs> well, duly noted. Okay, and that was our second honorable mentions. And again, we will link to the full versions of these at some point in show notes somewhere. And our winner. Our winner is called Ashes by Solace Adrift at LJ, or I believe Ashriel on fanfiction.net. This one, because it's our winner, it gets to be fully cast Mm -hmm. and fully read in full, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And today, I will be the narrator of Mm -hmm. this fic. Shizuma is going to play the part of Azula. I'm going to (laughs) try. And Allie is going to play the part of May. I apologize for my acting ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will begin here. Okay. The fire in the hearth consumes the paper in a matter of moments, curling and crumbling, reduced to ashes by the time Azula arrives. I must extend my apologies for Zuzu's behavior. Azula's eyes flicker towards the fire, and the sides of her lips twist in a smile. It must hurt that he didn't say goodbye, just like all those years ago. He was only a distraction. Her tone is bored, but the pain and hurt that lie just under it are real. Nothing less will satisfy the fire princess. Only a distraction. Poor May. Why don't I get rid of that for you? Azula flicks a long-nailed finger at the portrait of Zuko and May on the wall. I'm sure right now all you want to do is take your mind off him. There's no need. Azula's eyes narrow. May ignores them. I'll take care of it. The portrait is made of canvas instead of paper, and it takes a long moment for it to catch fire. Azula rests a hand on her shoulder. Tylee will make you tea when you're ready to come down. May doesn't bother to turn her head as Azula leaves. She waits till the portrait is nothing more than ashes before letting the scroll hidden in her sleeve fall into her palm. Yay. Oh, letter. Oh, letter. <laughs> oh, fraudness. Oh, and this, is, this leads us perfectly into basically singular topic of conversation for mm-hmm. today. The Boiling Rock. Oh, God, guys. The Boiling Rock. Oh, Boiling Rock. Oh, Boiling Rock. Oh. Where to start? I don't even know, I don't man. I don't know, you guys. Okay, guys, let's just start from the beginning. Yeah, let's go <clears> through. <throat> let's just go over the fact that we have an episode in which Zuko not only makes tea for the entire gang, <laughs> makes bad <laughs> jokes about it while he is doing it, and then proceeds to talk about his uncle pretty much nonstop for the entire episode. <laughs> Because he can't remember the rest of the joke, he only remembers no. the punchline, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he can't even deliver the punchline in a good way, even though that is the only part of the joke that he remembers. That's what happens, you know, he doesn't no. have much of a sense of humor himself, so... How would he's he trying. He's trying, though! Yeah. He's getting better a little bit. He's understanding the joking of the group dynamic. They're teasing him, and he looks kind of uptight for a second, and he smiles, and yeah. he's getting looser. He's learning to be a friend, you guys. Toss thinks he's hilarious, even when he's really not hilarious at all, so this is working right. out for him. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. hey, they laughed, so... Mm-hmm. That's they did laugh. He got a laugh. He got a laugh. <laughs> a kind of cruel one, but... Kind of, you know... But I feel like in that moment, like, even Katara, we know she has issues with him, but even she was just kind of like, okay, this is just kind of so pathetic that I can't even yeah. be mad about this at this point. Right. Like, we're going to take a moment off from being mad. I just have to just, like, that was, like, the least maliceful she'd sounded towards him. This is very true. She got off of her high horse of insanity for a few minutes to admit that it is kind of cute when somebody tells a joke really, really badly. Yeah, she's just like, I It's hard to be suspicious of someone who's so ridiculously adorkable. Yeah. Yes. All the time. And then it's, it's funny because it's almost like Western Air Temple all over again uh-huh. in that, especially the first part of this episode, it was like one thing after another where I couldn't quite believe that I was actually watching that scene. <laughs> yeah. And then another scene that I also couldn't quite believe I was watching would come immediately after it such that I basically didn't even process a lot of it until the second time I watched it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Zuko's making tea for the gang, he makes a horrible joke, and then he goes off and has a buddy-buddy conversation with Sokka, and then he says Sokka's name. Oh, I know, and he he said he wrote Aang's name in the letter and I was I, I was so happy about that. I was like, oh, Zuko. And, you know, and then he immediately, it's like BFF adventure. Instantaneous. <laughs> you know, it. running off in like the whole 
whole, as uh, Rolls and I's friend Paul put it, the whole, you know, Duck is like, we'll take my car. And Zuko's like, your car sucks, we'll take my car. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cute. Oh, I love how he called him buddy. It was really awkward. Oh, yeah. But it was so cute. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> I love the awkward silence, though, at first, when they're, like, first, you know, flying. And they're just like, yeah, oh, wait, yeah. did you say something? No, no, I didn't say anything. <laughs> but they have to figure something to talk about. I mean, Zuko has barely had any normal conversations in his entire life, I feel. Yeah. Right. Especially with a guy his own age. I mean, this is the thing that I love so much about it is you have these two guys who have never had a guy friend, really. And they are just sort of figuring out how. And it's completely adorable and destroys me and breaks me up into tiny, tiny pieces. And then they have a girlfriend conversation. <laughs> a girlfriend that you guys totally predicted. I was blown away. I figured. <laughs> I mean, you guys are so prophetic in so many respects of the narrative. But like that blew me away. I would have loved Sokka, Zuko, BFF after that fic you guys wrote, but like, uh-huh. I wasn't expecting it to happen so, like, exactly. Well, that fic was sort of like a laundry list of things that Rolls and I thought would be awesome. Basically. So this was sort of like wish fulfillment, you know? Exactly. It was less like, oh, we think this is gonna happen, and more like, wouldn't it be awesome? Right. <laughs> and then the Avastaff just decided to be as awesome as anyone ever dreamed they could be, and yep. make it a reality. They just, they do that all the time, though, so. I mean, mm-hmm. They do. It's just like Ali just said, you know, it wasn't like, oh my god, we think this is gonna no, it was like this would be so awesome if this ever happened. Yeah, in fact, right. half the reason we wrote that fic is because we didn't think any of that yeah, stuff would happen. Actually, it was. We're like, well, we're never gonna get to watch this in the show, so we might as well write a fic about it. Yeah. Right, no, to no. fulfill the need. Little did we like, know. No, oh man. Zuko and Saka would really like get in a balloon and then be like, <laughs> oh hey, let's <laughs> talk about clouds. girls. Yeah. And girlfriends. Oh my god, and the best part, of course, is first, Sokka is like that gloomy girl who sighs a lot, and that way that where he's basically also saying, who's really hot. Yeah, I love right. his tone and like, of voice. And sort of, you know, the look on his face when he says it. He's like that big, huge grin. He's like, oh. He's like, how did you land that ass? <laughs> like, oh. like <laughs> you're such a dweeb. I didn't think you could talk to girls, let alone, you know. Like, he was you know, like, respect. Yeah. It was like surprise and respect. His Zuko estimation went up a few points just with uh, that. Just and then Zuko's, Zuko's shitty to grin. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Yeah. She's dreamy she's and so awesome. Dreamy. <laughs> and she makes him swoon, apparently. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, for Zuko, that is a lot of swooning. He is not a swooner. No, he's, he's not. not. He's unmoved by a lot of things. Like, wasn't it hard to leave the furniture? He's like, no, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> And it's like, really? Really? Are you sure? And he's like, oh, yeah, I have this girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. And like, I don't know. It was just, I, I can't even like really put coherent thoughts. I mean, it's been over a week and I still can't gather my thoughts on this properly. It's hard. Well, it, it is. And so anyway, they're in the balloon and they BFF around and we all just sort of stare agape at the screen. Yeah, because we're like, how is this really happening? How are they actually taking time out of this episode for them to have these hilariously awesome conversations? And then, you know, like, and then that episode just continues to be awesome pretty much the entire time. Like, I was amazed. Even stuff that could have really been lame, like Random Prisoner. Random <laughs> Prisoner does not have to be even remotely entertaining, but, you know, yeah, things he's, okay. He stole the show, kind of, in some he's parts. hilarious. I like him, you know? Yeah. Funny. Pretty funny guy. And you know what? Since we are going to talk about more minor characters right now who make their appearance in TBR Part 1, we must talk about my new favorite person! Da-da-da! May Uncle! I love him! <laughs> oh. I love him, May Uncle! <laughs> it's hilarious how, like, instantaneously and completely, like, I know people were thinking, like, oh, you guys are so funny and you joke about- No, He's guys, not I'm guy. not joking! I really, really love him, okay? <laughs> No, no, seriously, like, we were talking about, like, things that we wanted to have happen at the end of the show, which, you know, none of this shit is actually gonna happen. We're just like, oh, wouldn't it be great? And we were like, oh my god, like... <laughs> actually, we weren't even talking about this in the show, we were just talking about that fic that you wanted to write, yeah, in which my uncle is like, like... He hates Zuko forever. He, like, he <laughs> hates him for the rest of his life. And then he's, like, stomping around their wedding, like, glaring looming. at Zuko. He's looming at him, and, and just being evil. And Zuko's like, oh my god, I think your uncle is planning to kill me, and May's like, yeah, probably. Yeah, he really doesn't like you, <laughs> He doesn't like you. He hates you. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, remember but, that one time you took him hostage? He he didn't forget about that, apparently. Oh, and see, like, and the point of my fake was actually, and this goes into my love of my uncle, the point of my fake was actually, it's not so much that he took him hostage and escaped from his prison, because in my fake... He has a grudging respect for Sokka for doing the same thing. But no, the reason mm. that my uncle truly hates Zuko is because... He broke his niece's he heart! He broke his niece's heart! He made her cry 
I, this is and it'll never matter, even if they put it behind them and nope, they nope. move on and they're nope. happy forever. Nope. This is at their wedding that he's learning. <laughs> he doesn't care. He hurt her that one time. And that is oh all. Oh my God. I love I love uncle. that. I, and I love him so much. And it's like, it was recently, I can't remember what, like I was some random fic or something. I don't remember what it was. And like, somebody <laughs> had said something. It was something in the fic that was like vaguely disparaging about my uncle. And I was like, seriously, I was like typing an alley over. I'm like, I am so upset about this. I I have feel the need to defend his honor and <laughs> I love me. Instantly took against it for that reason alone. I just, it was pretty great. Yeah. I was just like, no, I do not approve. Stop trying to dismay uncle. Don't do that. No. And and also I'm really, really sad because in New York Comic Con, like Brian actually said his name because he showed her yeah. a sign of him. And I seriously do not remember what his name was. I don't think anyone does. That's terrible. Nobody remembers. And where is the video? Of it? Weren't they going to put the video up? You know, they never put those videos up, but we can make him watch it. Seriously. Like, I cast us. Please watch the video name. and tell us my uncle's name. <laughs> we don't know his name. Okay, I'm, I'm going to shut up about my uncle for now. Oh, except I just have to say, I'm so excited to see how his affection for May plays into the storyline. Yes. And this is actually something that I talked about on um, a message board. And right. I talked about this a lot for Flaming Knives is that... I found him so interesting because, like, just the little things that he does over these two episodes with regard to May. He, like, demonstrates more concern about, like, her emotional state and shit than her parents ever have. Right. was really interesting to me. And I'm like, and so, of course, I created, like, this very complex fan in my head where, like, her parents, like, I don't know, like, wanted a boy or something. And my uncle looks at her as, like, little baby May. And he's like, no, no, she's going to be hardcore. It's fine. She's cool. She's cool. (laughs) This is in my head, but yeah. (laughs) Until canon contradicts it, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, too. You know what? Yes. Because he was upset. He was like, you know what? I mean, he has Zuko there. He has the traitor prince of the Fire Nation in his prison. He knows who he is. And he's, like, no intention of alerting the royals until he has, like, finished his own personal tormenting of Zuko entirely (laughs) because he broke his niece's heart. Clearly, he loves his niece, and that's just, Mm -hmm. it's touching. And it was so silly of Zuko to ask, how do you know who I am? It's like, uh, how would anybody not know who you are? (laughs) Well, I guess maybe there are a lot of people who are like, okay, it must be just, like, a lot of people in the Fire Nation with giant scars in their face like he's such a dweeb i mean roland rolls and i's friends was complaining about how he found it very unrealistic that the prisoners didn't recognize zuko but i'm like you know you think exiled prince of the fire nation you're not thinking some dweeby goggy kid who's like (laughs) making bad jokes with one of the guards in the corner you know (laughs) like you don't look at zuko and think yeah that guy like you know beat up the fire lord and ran away (laughs) right you know took on that air balloon you think wow that kid something blew up in his face at one point by accident i don't no. Right. And you like, th- think it was probably his own fault. He like goofed up some kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't exactly inspire like huge amounts of intimidation. <laughs> no, not really. Maybe when he gets older. Maybe. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. I found that completely plausible that people would not assume that this random guy with a facial scar was principal of Fire Nation. Yeah. Especially since Although, apparently in like Agni Kai's, you know, they like apparently scar people or whatever. Right, like as a sign of disgrace or whatever. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, he did start showing signs of, like, forward planning and stuff in this episode, though. It was like him and Sokka had kind of, like, a little role reversal going on, where Sokka was like, okay, planning's not working out, I'm just gonna do shit at random. And Zuko's like, yeah, I've tried that, that doesn't work, I'm gonna try planning things. Oh my god, Zuko's whole speech to Sokka about how you have to keep trying and trying and trying, even though you're gonna fail over and over over again, like, almost killed me. Because he knows, man. the silver sandwich speech myself. Oh god, the silver sandwich sandwich. speech. And then he's like, oh, that worked? I had no idea what I was saying. It's like, no, no. Oh no, you said made no sense. sense at all. I was just looking at my, my girlfriend. Yeah, it was further proof to my theory that Zuko basically is constantly doing an Iroh impression in his head. We just didn't know it previously. We didn't know, yeah. He, just, he has just brought it outward now. I'm surprised he didn't whip out the Iroh voice again, though. I think that he's a little <laughs> like, shy. <laughs> he's got to he work on it a little more before he takes it out to the public. Yeah, he yeah, he's got to work on that act. Spiff up the Iroh impression a little bit. With his buddy, <laughs> the Badger Frog, who he had, Badger like, frog. alerting Aang as to when he has to do, what was it? He trained that thing. He trained his friend. Like every five minutes. Fire fists and hot squats. Hot squats and fire fists. I love that. That was so... I couldn't stop giggling at one hot squat. Two hot squats. And he's like, nobody else has homework. (laughs) You have to say hot squat after every number. Guess that's how it goes. Well, it is very fun to say that word. Hot squat is fun to say. Admittedly, yes. It is. 
I am a good fan of Silver Sandwich's speech too, and also <laughs> Sokka's eye hearts. <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, with sound effect, and also, and this is like a cap that I like kept showing to everybody, like from when he's actually eye hearting, and Zuko was standing there with like this look, like totally unimpressed. He's just like, eh, whatever. Look. He's like, whatever. Impressed. <laughs> he's just like, I don't care if your eyes turn bright pink and heart shaped. <laughs> That's totally normal. <laughs> no, okay, guys, I've managed to hold this in for this long, but everybody was like so ridiculously hot. In this episode, uh, it's true. I mean, everybody, and I mean everybody, like Hakoda. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that's a Dilf, okay? Like, <laughs> yes. Like, he showed up, and I was like, shit, yes. Hakoda. Really? And then, like, that whole thing in the lineup where he's, like, you know, like, fucks with the warden, and, like, that whole scene, mm-hmm. I'm like, Hakoda. Okay, mm-hmm. you're good, you're good people, Hakoda. And Sakata, <laughs> and Zuko, and Suki, and Mei, and everybody in that episode, which is, like, it was not only unbelievably well animated, but just ridiculously, mm-hmm. ridiculously hot. And also, I'm sorry, I had to put on my nerdy animator hat for a second. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of secondary animation, like, stuff that, you know, there's, like, the primary animation is things like a person walking across the room, and mm-hmm. Secondary animation is like them fixing their helmet while they're walking across the room. And there mm-hmm. was so much secondary animation in this episode. Like Sokka looking out the eye slit and like the helmet falls down into his face and he has to push it back up again. And like just everybody's acting and like the way all the characters moved in this episode was so gratuitously, gorgeously awesome. I seriously mm-hmm. like just stare at it. I was going frame by frame through th- some of the scenes because it was so great. It was. The animation was amazing. It was. And just like the acting, like yeah. of the animation, was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. In fact, and everything since Day of Black Sun has been pretty much like consistent with respect to animation quality. Yeah, like I mean, usually it it'll go up and down. Like there'll be one episode and it's like amazing, and then the next episode it's like kind of like uh, you know. But yeah, season Although three has been really way more consistent than most shows are. Yeah, it is. Oh man, oh man, fucking <laughs> Zuko BFFing around the prison and the mattress punching. The mattress and punching. The- okay, oh, I- I've held this in. I've held this in. I have to say, do it. Do it. I have never ever been like a Zuko fangirl that's like oh my god Zuko's so hot oh my god oh shit I know and, what you're gonna say but say it <laughs> but this episode converted me so hardcore I there was like at least three parts that I had to watch like 50 times like, just because his hotness the fire in the cooler maybe that yes part? that one I did probably <laughs> like a yeah. hundred times Yes, I that was like, one. Oh my god! He's all curled up, right, and his yeah. big arm muscles is like contracted, <laughs> and he and he looks fire. up, and like that little smile, a little side smirk. Oh god! Oh my god! Yeah, and, and when he was fighting, when yeah. he did the little break dance move, Speaking the fake fight scene. Shit, yeah. And then he moved back, and he shot the fire. That was really hot. And there was something yeah. else. I can't even remember. It's well, just it's all one big blur of about. like ridiculous fangirlishness. Although speaking of May. <laughs> No man. I can't believe that they actually had her read some of the letter. I know. Oh my god. It literally was like the Avatar equivalent of breaking up at a text message. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It's like, oh, Zuko, just why do you do the things that you do? (laughs) I'm sorry you had to find out this way. I'm like, oh, did you seriously say that? Come on. I mean, seriously. It was like like breaking up at a post-it note, really. It was was like, I'm sorry, don't hate me. And... It was painful, you guys. It was it was almost too fraught for me to handle. Like, oh, I knew it was going to be fraught. And then she hit him with a letter. And then she hit him with a oh, letter, which is so... Fantastic. you guys that scene, okay? I know. How many times... Okay, and actually, I probably have not watched that scene as many times as someone might think that I would watch it because I kind of can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. It's, it's so great. It's just like... Guys... I know. Well, also, I really like how their whole relationship is full of, like, things that are implied but not explicitly on screen. And I feel like mm-hmm. while that conversation was much more explicit than many conversations that they've had, kind of by necessity, I mean, they have that whole part where they cut away for a long time and then they come back to them. And it is clear that they have had some kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that we don't know what exactly he said to her, but he clearly said something to her. Right. Because I they've mean, moved position. Whatever it was, it obviously didn't make her feel any better. She was still equally pissed. I'm still pretty, pretty pissed. I'm sure there's yeah, just a I lot of awkward it. explanation that didn't make sense and was making things kind of worse. Well, I just love the idea that they sat there and had a political conversation, basically. Yeah. Yes. And like, May's political. I was... Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Great. The thing I really liked about that was that in that scene, it gets so well communicated that there were just so many layers to how pissed off she was at him. And it's not mm-hmm. just like, dude, you don't fucking text message break up. I feel like there was just this intense level of sort of confusion on top of how hurt and pissed off she was because it's like Nightmares and Daydreams is like the day before or whatever, Day of Black Sun. Mm-hmm. It's like he comes back and he like takes off his stuff and then he like starts writing that letter. I feel like she's just kind of, you know, sitting there and she's like, last time I talked to you, I saw you. You were 
saying some kind of cryptic shit about how it wasn't you and your dad was happy mm-hmm. with you, but you were kind of like, oh, but it's not me. And, and she was staring. probably planning something like, oh, maybe we can go out and do something and I can get his mind off of it and we'll talk right. about it, blah, blah, and, and then, fruit tarts, etc. And then he just, he's gone. He's gone and he leaves her a note and it's like, I'm sorry, you had to find out this way and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah. and, and she has no way of knowing if he's dead, like uh-huh. if he managed to do this. I mean, he basically went off to do, as far as she's concerned, a crazy ass thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, for all she knew, the gang would have killed him immediately. Yeah, on sight. Like, right. I mean, they kind of almost did. She doesn't know him. <laughs> she like, she's know. never even talked to any of them. Like, he knows them better than she does. Right. She's and only fought them and. Just a couple of times. And it's like, yeah, she doesn't yeah, know Yeah, and she about has them. no reason to think that he will even remotely succeed in what he's doing. Let alone, like, the fact that she clearly disagrees with it. And one of the things that I really like, actually, is because the thing people are always complaining about is, oh, May. May doesn't care about anything. May is such a misanthrope. May is stupid. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, I love that they made it so obvious that she, while she doesn't feel the need to spend a lot of time talking about it, she very clearly does care. And she cares mm-hmm. very deeply because May is, has no time for bullshit. She wouldn't be saying things like, you're betraying your country if she didn't actually care about that. She's mm-hmm. not just going to trot out these lines just because she feels like she has to. She's not going to, like, walk the party line in that way. She clearly, like, genuinely feels like he is fucking over his own country. And I just love that they gave her the opportunity to show that however much she decides, she doesn't necessarily need to explicitly say things. Just like she doesn't feel like she needs to be like, oh, Zuko, I love you. Floaty hearts. Like every time she sees him. Mm-hmm. Right. She does care. Yeah, and it's just like, it had to have been so bizarre to her. And I think of people like ignore, like, I mean, she grew up in the same place that he did, except mm-hmm. he got to actually like go out in the world for years mm-hmm. and be among all of these people and do all of these other things that she has never really gotten the chance to do. Yeah, she and, has no perspective at all. Yeah, she doesn't really have any kind of huge perspective on this. And this is actually goes back to like Zuko's speech to Ozai and like the thing that you feel like is what causes him to realize that things need to change in the Fire Nation is the fact that he's like, you know, the world doesn't see our greatness. They hate us. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't respect us. They don't understand how we're incredible. They hate us. They think we're monsters. We're horrible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got to experience that firsthand. And I feel like she has never really gotten that so much. Mm -hmm. And how would she? And also, this also goes back to, like, her first appearance when she's in Omashu. And, like, the first thing that she ever says is, this place is depressing. It's essentially what she says. This place is depressing. And Mm -hmm. it's just, like, it's really interesting to me because, you know, she's like, this place is depressing. Her mom's like, oh, whatever. Don't worry about it. We're like royalty here. So just be happy. Whatever. And... That just really gets me because it's like, that was probably like the first time she'd ever even been out of the Fire Nation. At it all. might have been one of the first times she was outside the capital other than like Ember Island or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, she goes out there and she's in this city and this is the rest of the world. And here are a bunch of people and they're all depressed. And she's just like, you know, dude, this is this is a downer. The fuck? And yeah, why did I travel across the fucking globe to sit in a giant stone building in the middle of a giant stone city listening to the cackling of a crazy ex-king in the hallways? Like, <laughs> she's like, what is this? And yeah, I love that she genuinely thinks of the idea, you know, he goes off and he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go join the Avatar. And she's like, why? Like, she just genuinely not understand. Like, he's trying to destroy our country. He is trying to come and destroy our country and basically just get us all and you're gonna run off and be like, oh hey, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with him and help him. Yeah, and the thing is, like as much as Aang was kind of not really a person to Zuko for a long time he is much less of a person to Mei yeah mm-hmm. I mean she could not give less of a shit about Aang and like this doesn't make her a bad person it's just like why would she he's just this kid who she has been in the same physical space as a few times and that's right. kind of it and like barely and even then she was always off fighting other people most of the time yeah right. and not to mention like one of the only times she has ever been like her only like right. ever experiences with Aang are the first time she ever sees <laughs> the avatar she thinks that they were trying to kill her and her mother right like assassination not even like a battle just like boulder down the hill surprise attack just murder and And then she thinks he's holding her brother hostage yeah this is all she knows about these people really right that they're (laughs) trying to take down the fire nation they're waging war on the fire nation this is all that she knows that these people tried to kill her and her mother and her brother and they held her brother hostage and then Mm -hmm. they proceeded to wage war on her country and all Mm -hmm. of this just goes to show how ridiculously awesomely incredibly OTP it is that she then was like well fuck 
it yeah. helps him anyway. Yeah. Just- <laughs> like, and, I mean, I, I know that you guys have probably already heard me say this a million times, but like, okay, seriously. Not only did Mei save Zuko, she saved Hakoda and Suki mm-hmm. and Sokka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, random other people. But, you know, like, she just saved the lives of, like, three, like, incredibly beloved characters and Eto mm-hmm. and... And three powerful like, enemies, too. I mean, they... suicide mission. They took her uncle hostage and managed the most successful escape attempt that's ever been managed in that prison full of really high-profile criminals. It's like, they're very dangerous to her country, and she was willing to not only betray her country, but give her aggressors, like, big well, weapons. She's clearly giving Zuko the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of amazing, and I think that it says so much about her trust in him, that mm-hmm. she's mad, and she got it out of her system, and she heard him say what he had to say. Then, you know, she was like, you know, I mean, clearly in her head, she's like, you know, if he feels that strongly about it, like, who mm-hmm. am I to question that? She knows the kind of person that Zuko is. She knows that mm-hmm. he would just buy into this if he didn't really. Yeah, he's right. Him, if he didn't truly feel it, if he didn't truly believe it, he wouldn't do what he did. And, and she might think he's a ridiculous idealist, but I think she probably wanted to give him the chance to be a ridiculous idealist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than die, at least. Well, no, I mean, even the situation had been less severe. I mean, oh, yeah. they made it really extreme because this is like action show and it has to be ridiculous and extreme. But mm-hmm. and, and regardless of whether or not Zuko understood how bad it was that she betrayed Azula, oh, she knew. She knew. Yeah, she knew. I mean, it was a suicide mission. She it was a suicide mission. She was completely ready for Azula to fucking kill her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was just like... And she just stood there. The way uh, it broke my heart, the way she was standing there, and her face was down, and her hair was in her eyes, and she was just standing there so calm and accepting, and it was... I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I know. She was just owned that whole thing and then of course that conversation with Azula is so incredible Mm. it's so so incredible and this is like completely beyond the fact that a lot of people didn't think that Mei would choose Zuko over Azula for some reason but whatever but it it goes beyond that it's just like it's incredible in everything that's kind of just communicated through this conversation that they have I love how like at Comic Con last year like one of the storyboards they showed was like one of Azula's expressions from that scene and like the entire internet was like you know she looks so pissed off so furious in a way that we've like never seen her and everybody's like oh my god what has happened here that would make her like just be losing control in this way and it's just I love everything about that exchange I love what it says about May and I especially love how it affects Azula because and this like actually goes back to like in the beach you know you have Azula and she sits there and everybody's you know sharing their whole little stories and Azula you know it's like she flatly outright states that her mother was scared of her and she knew it and she knew mm-hmm. that her mother favored Zuko and was scared of her and thought that she was a monster and she knew this and she just was like okay fine and of course Azula is still a person and you know you can't and you know she even says it it's still her and mm-hmm. it's just like I love that scene because you have Mei and she stands there and it's not just that she tells Azula who is of course this incredible perfectionist she always always she's a people person and she always always knows mm-hmm. what she's going to do and it's not just that May flatly tells her he miscalculated it's that mm-hmm. she follows this by essentially She's straight up, again, here's somebody else that Azula is probably as emotionally connected to as she can probably be to mm-hmm. the person. I mean, she's known her entire life. Mm-hmm. And she flatly sits there and says, yeah, and I too, I love Zuko more than you. And I don't actually mm-hmm. have real affection for you. I was just scared of yeah, you. Yeah, and then we have like the greatest line ever. Yes, I love Zuko more than I fear you. And then I love Zuko. Zuko. You're miscalculated. Oh, you should have feared me more. Gives me shiver. Gives me shivers. Yeah, I love it. But she sounds oh, just and I love that Tylee is standing there the entire time freaking like, the fuck out. She's freaking out totally. She's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, okay, back and forth. And it's great. And yet I was still completely bowled over. Yeah. And yelled, actually yelled out loud. Yeah. Tylee takes Azula, Azula out. Like, and I love mm-hmm. that this is shock and Azula like hysterical. She sounds hysterical when she tells me, you know, you should have feared me more. And mm-hmm. then like her gasp when mm-hmm. Tylee hits her. And then like the long shot of because May is like completely shocked too. And that's another right. thing. Like May did not expect Tylee to help her. You know, she yeah, didn't right. with that facial expression before. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, we've never seen May with that like complete like, oh my what? <laughs> that complete shock. Yeah, and it's like she was ready to like face down Azula. She was ready to fight right. her and then Tylee you know takes it. and then Azula laying on the ground completely just so defeated I think the thing that gets me they actually have to like pick her up 
Mm -hmm. holds her up as she's continuing and she's trying to you know get herself back and continue to be Azul and to give these commands and Mm -hmm. she's laying completely defeated on the ground and can't move and her voice yeah it's humiliating and her Mm -hmm. voice breaks and she tells him you know you're both fools yeah it kills me oh and you know backtracking slightly we know that may was completely aware of what she was doing she had no way of knowing if tylee was going to side with her or not and regardless had no way of knowing if they would actually be able to take azula out she'd obviously was square with the idea that this was going to end in a very bad way for her and you know like i kind of wonder how much and it's hard to tell with him because he's so internal but mm-hmm. i wonder if zuko knew what that meant because I, right. I always feel like he probably wants to give azula a little bit of the benefit of the doubt like no matter how much she is a completely horrible person i'm sure that there's some part of him that that wants for her to have be like remotely redeemable like Azula mm-hmm. may be a totally horrible person but she wouldn't really kill May because I mean when you're a nice person you kind of want to believe that other people are yeah. basically like not right. completely cool monsters mm-hmm. but you know for all we know he's gonna spend like all his time away from May basically freaking out in his head being like oh my god she could be dead oh my god she could be dead oh my right. god she could be dead. for all he knows she's dead yeah right if there was anybody that Azula would be merciful to, as obviously isn't the case, but if there was yeah. anybody she would be merciful to, it would be those two. So, yeah. I mean, if he was going to give her the benefit of the doubt, it's like, well, May's her closest friend. Yeah. and yeah. But you wonder if he, like, lost some sleep over that later on. Oh, I'm sure. I would imagine. I mean, it's like, I do believe that he would want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, just because he, again, is a good person. And also, she's a sister. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think, like, no matter what, he's always going to be a sister. And, you know... No matter like, mm-hmm. all the crazy shit she does, and he's always going to be one to be like, well, she's my sister, so. Right. They had some moments this season. I was surprised yeah, they that they kind of had some bonding moments, and, yeah, you know, there is some siblingness in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And Tylee, I had made a prediction like forever ago that she would turn on Azula for May. Yeah. And then I got so wrapped up in like Tylee being all for Azula and her staying on Azula's side until the end. And I'm a little bit disappointed now. Mm-hmm. Like I love the way it went, but I'm like, Aww. and I'm so looking forward to seeing crazy ass Azula, like her descending into complete insanity. Like she's already like insane, but. She's already crazy, but she doesn't have anybody anymore. Right. She's yeah. composed insane, but then she's going to be like totally she's, fucking unhappy. She's losing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, the other thing about Tylee, though, is it was because up until now, I've always been, it's been unclear that it's like Tylee is clearly either completely amoral mm-hmm. or just not really thinking about it very seriously and has not been forced to really accept like the reality of the situation that she's in and just kind of being like, la la la, hanging out with my friends, whatever, I'm not going to worry about it. So, I mean, it was, it's interesting we finally get like to see like what is actually going on with her. And it would have been interesting if she had just been like kind of a Sociopath. I will admit that I'm happy that she ended up being like basically a nice person who just doesn't necessarily take things as seriously. Maybe she should. Yeah. <laughs> well, her and Azula, when they left Zuko and the others on the gondola, the look on her face was so ambivalent. You yeah, know, it so was fun. like I was really kind of. It made me wonder if that's the reason they put that line in the beach where oh, yeah. you know she's like I know you line where uh-huh. she's talking about Zuko that like made a billion people randomly ship Tylee Zuko. And as much as I have no time for that, now I'm kind of <laughs> glad they had that line in there because I really thinking about that during that scene on the gondola like I felt like that established this very like, an important if not terribly big connection between Tylee yeah, and Zuko like that's like the reinforced only time... that she does care about him yeah that's like the only time they've ever talked ever and yeah. so right. that's like important if you're gonna have her standing there and being like I'm kind of sad because well now Zuko's about to die and they've known each other their entire lives and so I mean mm-hmm. there's always gonna be a connection and so yeah actually it's good that they had them actually exchange a few words at some point in time yeah to that it would make sense that Tylee is like, yeah, I'm feeling a little ambivalent about leaving Zuko to die here. Right. While Azula's like, kind of delighting in it. She's just like, bye! Goodbye, Zuzu, bye. and like, turns on her jets and just kind of smirks at him. She's no so sick, boat. I love it. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about? What? What, what, what? Suki. Suki! Oh my god. Suki. Well, first of all, we have to say that Kimba was going to be our fourth person, but she yeah. had some difficulties. We really miss her. Yeah. And she wanted to talk about Suki really bad, so we just have to give a shout out to her. Because, hmm? yeah. Suki's awesome. Suki's yeah. extremely awesome. And I mean, this episode was basically the story of Suk and Zuko's girlfriends being awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then being totally hotified by them I and think, shown up by them. <laughs> yeah. Who, Allie, was it you who said, it might have been somebody else I was talking to, and we were like, basically, this is about Sokka and Zuko's girlfriends being awesome and Sokka and Zuko being like, yeah, sometimes she lets me kiss her. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she awesome? That's my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Great. she makes out with me. It's awesome. <laughs> Everything from like Zuko being to the guard, like, yeah, no, she's fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's so great. <laughs> great. He's like, yeah. Dude. 
Oh my god, like when not only did Suki do that whole crazy thing where she's like head jumping and climbing up walls and doing all that mm-hmm. crazy shit, but to then have all the boys like finally catch up with her and be completely out of breath. And Hakoda's line there, it kind of took me off guard a little bit. It was a little bit weird, like <laughs> you got your eye on your son's girlfriend, Hakoda. It's okay, you're a delf. It's okay, you can say whatever you want. But. <laughs> It was a little weird, but it was still completely hilarious. And then Sack was like, yeah, yeah, she's awesome. He totally misses the the slight creepiness of his father mooning over his girlfriend. I think Hakoda is like more just like, way to go, son. Yeah, good job. Yeah, it's like, it's the same kind of tone that Sokka used earlier with Zuko. I feel that was a verbal high five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the verbal high five tone where Sokka's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, that gloomy girl, yeah, good job. And Hakoda's like, yeah, it's a good job there, son. Hakoda's like, son, you have a dork, but man, you land yourself some nice ass seriously <laughs> awesome oh man and i love when she ties the thing in the warden's mouth yeah. and then she says so sweetly you're my prisoner now and it's just like oh, it was my- so cute the way she said it but she just like took someone hostage yeah oh and practicing it herself so oh, awesome that was so awesome her practicing herself because she has to you know keep up her skills which she clearly did oh suki yeah. and i love two other things for suki in this <gasps> i really really love oh i just remembered something what <laughs> Go on, no, 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 go on. Okay, you'll hold on to it. I just got really excited. I, I can wait. Okay, <laughs> two other things that I love about Suki are her exchange with Zuko when she was like, yeah, you kind of burned down oh, my shit. village. Like, oh okay. my god. Oh was yeah. Like, I love that he like, he, he pauses. Had he had to think about it. It's like, oh yeah. Well, sorry Most about that. would have been just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but Zuko had to sit and go through his mental catalog. Every stupid thing he has ever yes. done. And he's, like, he's like, okay, every- which village did I burn down? Which one? I know, he was, he was going through his catalog of villages he is burned down and then he's like and then oh, he like yeah. went to the subcategory of villages that i burned down that contained warrior chicks and then he's like oh yeah <laughs> and then he, nice then, to see you again yes that's the greatest part he's like nice to see you again he's a very well brought up young man he's he extremely is, well brought up so polite he's so very, polite very polite he's, he's very polite and, and gallant an apology for burning down her village might also have been polite and in order there but it, the first thing he, he said, said oh, he's sorry about that. that he's so sorry about that he actually does oh, oh okay because he's, he's, he's so polite and he's well brought up and he's polite and gallant and and also, I just, I love how this show does that. They could very easily have just not even addressed that. And I love that Avatar, when they are given a chance, ties things together like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really love that we have this complete universe in which people who have previously met each other acknowledge that they, they have met each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, and this is actually goes into like one of my just all time favorite things about Avatar, about how they let everybody interact with everyone else. Yes. In ways mm-hmm. that and it's organic. Their characters. And, yeah. It's completely organic. And yeah. And they let everybody interact with everyone else in ways that are true to their character. Yeah, and mm-hmm. clearly they, they can't do everything because like they have a finite amount of time. Yeah, but they, they do as much as they can. They really do. And, and it's, it's great. Really and great. even if it's just like a line, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. even if they don't have like a giant conversation, I love that when they're given the chance, they'll just like throw you a bone at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but oh my God. Okay, guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that fight on the gondola. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Suki, Tylee rematch. That's yes. pretty awesome. But oh my God. Saka and Zuko. <laughs> tag me up tag against Zula. So great. That shit in half. I oh, could I seriously could barely contain myself. That they just organically mm-hmm. not only with this all, like people flying off and like them saving each other because I love people mm-hmm. Like I love that shit. They were kind of white knighting each other. Everybody should always save everybody else. That's I know. Yes. Teamwork. They're a gang. It was great. But then, like, literally, like, the whole fire bend, sword bending, like, back mm-hmm. and forth thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's seriously, like, I could barely contain Mike Lee when that was going on. <laughs> I love how like, Sock would just, like, pop around him and, like, lunge at her with the sword, and then he'd, like, kind of duck back behind him. Great. Oh, my God. That was cool. I know, because he's a human shield. <laughs> yeah. And he's a human shield and of fire. guys, let's acknowledge, like, how well Zuko was doing against us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was really calm. He was, it wasn't like, all the bang. anger from the first episode of season two. Uh-huh. Like, he was just fueled by hate and he was he was getting flustered against her so he was no. completely getting no, his ass he kicked was, he but. was totally calm and he's like mm-hmm. blue fire dispelled <laughs> denied he, yes rejected <laughs> he rejected her core he rejected mm-hmm. her fire yeah I love that that was beautiful and a wonderful fight sequence and yeah like I said everyone should just save everybody else at all times all mm-hmm. time. at all times like I would be happy <laughs> just like every episode of Avatar an endless parade of like everybody saving everybody else like at all yes. times and also oh, having hilarious conversations with everyone else and that would just okay, be okay I have one other stupid thing to say about Zuko I'm what? sorry I'm a Apologize, it's really, really dumb. They steal the balloon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, oh my god, balloon parking? Lol. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> 
they steal the balloon and they go back and they have the meat conversation. Ha ha ha. And Sokka makes a disturbing comparison between his dad and meat. And meat. Oh my god, that and, creeped me out. You know, that whole yeah. thing, that's great. And then, like, you know, they have the little water family reunion mm-hmm. and Zuko and, is standing in the background and, and he has this big smile on his face. Because the smile is a little sad because he's never going to have that he's ever. He's never going to have his dad and his sister to hug. No. Right. He'll be a dad someday, though. He'll be a Hakoda someday. It killed me that he, that simultaneously he was like smiling because he's genuinely happy for his new friends that they're happy but like he was standing at the back of the group and I was like oh, I was like, oh Zuko hmm. baby oh, I know I, my heart broke a little bit Poor kid. He will never get to hug his dad and his sister unless they were like in the process of frying him. So hopefully that won't happen. I totally missed that because I was still what the fucking over Sokka's line about. His dad. Oh, I went back and rewatched it over and over again. The meat of friendship and fatherhood or whatever he said. I was like, Sokka, you are insane. You're weird. You are so weird, but I love it. (laughs) It was great. Oh, and I didn't say my second Suki thing. I don't remember now. Oh, no. <laughs> I think it was probably about, like, how excited she was to, like, fight Tylee. What is it about yeah. her hot making out in a prison cell? <laughs> that was great. That was great, too. I also love how the theme of this episode was take your helmet off before you advance on the person <laughs> in the cell. I, also, what I love about this scene is how Zuko is, like, watching the door. And he, like, the little Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, my God. And then, like, that guard shows up and he, like, can't hit a girl. So he's, like, doing this ridiculously awkward dance trying to hold her down without actually hurting her. Great. Well, the old him would have had no problem fighting her. Well, I think he, just, he did fight well against Chitara a couple times. But. Yeah. It was also the stupidest thing to do. He obviously just panicked. Yeah, he just completely yeah. panicked. And, I like, love that he was like their nookie guard, though. Yeah, exactly. And he, like, he knocked the door. He's like, wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Make them Put your clothes back on. <laughs> all day for these shenanigans he's like playing for time for them yeah basically also i highly recommend for those of you who do this kind of thing to do a frame by frame of that scene where Sokka suddenly grabs zuko and puts him into like an arm lock (laughs) because oh yeah is so funny (laughs) like his tongue is hanging out it's like the most hilarious thing and zuko is like what the fuck To go on a frame by frame through that because I was like so full of hearting, and then I'm like, oh wow, this is actually really funny. Zuko's like, I'm your nookie guard, and this is how you repay me? (laughs) (laughs) Putting me in crazy arm locks? What are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Then they drag him away and throw him on a chair. Part one, the fraught reunion, part one. And also, going back to Zuko's hilarious, like awkward kind of attempt to subdue the girl guard. I love that through that entire musical scene and the entire time when they cut away for like forever and and he's like, yeah, we're going to meet in an hour. So it was a while. <laughs> you know, they've been standing around there too where they said they would meet an hour later. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, this entire time that they're in there, this door, he is not like locked to the chair. The door is mm-hmm. wide open. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this entire time that he is in there, it's like he waits until he can subdue May in the most like him not actually having to like lift hand her at all in any way oh yeah you can possibly you know, come up with i was re-watching that scene guys i really almost feel like i think that in may's head this was where they were gonna run out and she was gonna go with him you think so and she i you know i kind of feel like he i don't know what they said to each other obviously but i almost kind of feel like he closed that door because he just couldn't bear to drag her along on this like he didn't mm-hmm. want to even give her the opportunity to get herself into that kind of trouble mm-hmm there are some serious consequences to that shit. There are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he does say, you know, in part one, he's like, he does explicitly say, you know, the reason that he left her the note. And, you know, he's like, I, mm-hmm. can't, I can't drag her into this. Yeah. Because she runs after him, but she's not running after him and like, I'm trying to subdue you. Eh? Yeah, she's like running after him. I think she like, thinks that she's running out the door with him to go do whatever he's going to do. Because, that, I mean, what, what was she going to do when she reached him? Restrain I him? Think, hurt I him? Think they like, were just, I don't know if she was planning to restrain him. I almost wonder if that whole look through the door was her being like, are you seriously going to do this to me again? Yeah. And she. Yeah. So yeah. Oh God, their eyes. Oh man, eyes. that long, heartbreaking moment with the glittery eyes. The, little, oh, the sad, like teary eyes. Oh God. I can't handle it. Oh, and then the moment when he's like, after he's like stared into her eyes, and she's so angry and sad mm. and upset, and he's just like staring with his, his sad, like teary eyes, and then he like closes his eyes, and he's like, mm-hmm. like, he can't keep looking into her eyes. He can't do it anymore. He he's can't like, take like, it. He's like closed, and he like turns and then runs away, and it's just like it's too much. It's too oh my much. God. She can't do. Oh my God. Which, by the way, that whole part where he's like staring out of the gondola after her. 
when she does the whole turnaround glamour shot. The glory shot. Conveniently <laughs> mirroring his glory shot in Fire Oh, Bending yes. Us. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I remember somebody at FK, and, then, and I actually showed this to Alex. Somebody at FK had, like, this signature, and it had, like, both of those shots. Zealous. Those zealous. Yes. yes I yes. love that. And I'm Beautiful. not even not. I showed that to Allie, and I, like, did this to a couple other people, too, because I just, like, I was completely overwhelmed. And I showed it to Allie. Like, the only thing I said, like, okay, my comment on this is they will have the world's most absurdly fucking ridiculously pretty children ever. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? How? Yeah. Oh wow. At least from a side profile. Yeah, but... <laughs> The side oh, profile for sure. They, they, it was just uh, I love that signature. She, she does gorgeous signatures there. always, but that like the coloring and like against <laughs> a cloudy background, it's just oh my god. Yeah, I'm just fun. waiting for all the fan vids of of them to like start putting those shots back to back or like <laughs> dramatically blend them together and oh, like man. Roll, slow mo. <laughs> Roll, should I put that horrible video on YouTube? <laughs> Did you, do that? did you do it? No, she did like this other one of May's owning of the billion guards. Yeah, set to Power of Love by Just Huey Lewis in the news. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> please put it up, please. The dumbest thing was... ever. I will put it up and you'll be like, Allison, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was great. And also, it's a convenient way to like rewatch May's incredible owning. That's true. And she just like completely casually mm-hmm. beats all these people up. She's very Yeah, efficient. I've actually seen several fan vids of like pretty much just that scene. <laughs> like <laughs> people have been putting it into all different kinds of music. I love it. It's like, <laughs> like, I, like I don't even know. It's just I've seen so many different versions and it's amazing. And I would love to see yours, Alan. <laughs> and, and then there was that thing that somebody like just recently did. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like this crazy thing somebody did where they were like, okay, May, like, is she a ninja or is she like Morpheus from like the Matrix? They like go. <laughs> Through this Put series. your hands together. <laughs> they like go through like all these different caps and like have all the guards like numbered and like all the crazy shit that she does. And they're like, she is in fact Morpheus. She's <laughs> to a ninja. She is Morpheus from the Matrix. And that's- okay, guys, do we have anything else to say about the Boiling Rock? Or are we gonna answer our fan mail? I, I feel at this point we're mostly just spinning into ourselves into butter. <laughs> I'm basically just like flapping my hands and being like, oh, everybody. No. Oh, Pretty everybody, much, everybody. yeah. yeah but I, I thought that by the time we recorded this, I would have coherent thoughts and not so we much. We had some coherent thoughts. Yeah, some, um, yeah. Coherent thoughts. We a lot of squee. At this point, I'm out of them, though. I'm just kind of like, oh, everybody. And yeah. Yeah. I was done when we started talking about their sad little eyes, and I was just kind of like in the, little- oh, my God. They love each other so much. Please. They do. Okay, so oh, I have one final thing to say only mm-hmm. is that thing that my friend Cleo said because mm-hmm. she had recently watched the entire show. The only criticism she had about May and Zuko, she was just, she kept being like, you know, I really wish May was more relevant to the plot plot. Like, mm. she was the secondary character. And so she was really, really happy when we watched this episode on my computer that May got something so important to do. Mm-hmm. Like, see the actual story. And I think that as much as I really love May, I'm also really glad that she got this key moment in the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome because they didn't have to do that. And I'm really glad that right. they did. She got to shine in her own. She's always fought with other people, except for oh. the first time we see her where she has that really short fight with the gang and she shows off her ninja skills. It's always been like Ty Lee kind of upstages her a little bit just because she can well, get into range. And, yeah, yeah. Or Azula upstages her, obviously, because Azula's Azula. But I love that she got her own personal fight scene and that she basically kicked more ass than anyone else has ever kicked in the show. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, Aside and she, from the Avatar data, yes, but and, and also she got like the crazy ass like Batman like rising up and the person to stand in the gate like sliding sliding under the cables oh, of the line. Well, first she does the little crossed arms over with the knives and, with the smirk and then the little smirk like, haha, you shoot fireballs at me, fool. And then it's just like, I can slide all the way over here with very little propulsion. And then <laughs> and then the stand-up killed me. I think I actually laughed the first time I saw it. Just because, I don't even know, you guys. I don't even know. Yeah. We're going to have to stop. Yeah. We're going to just be doing this all night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, fan mail? We got some fan mail. We got a question. I believe she's Rose Gilmore and like DA and a couple other places. Mm-hmm. And uh, she asks, if Mako is not Zuko and May's one true pairing by the end of season three, how do you think the fandom will react? Do you think that they will still write fanfics and fan art? And second part of the question, also, what if it is the one true pairing for Zuko and May by the end of season three? How do you think fan will react? Will they just be happy and forget about doing fan art fix? Or question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, well, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first if you guys want. <laughs> okay, well, what I will say is, first of all, I think one of these outcomes is a little bit more likely than the other, but... Um, <laughs> just a little? Just-, just a little, but for the sake of argument, I feel like in the case of if it's not 
how fan will react. Well, obviously people who don't like Maisie Go will be happy, but in terms of and I'm and she didn't specify which fan, so I'm just gonna assume she means like Maisie Go fandom itself. I think that would actually like really like didn't get any kind of explicit resolution for it at this point. I think that would actually really suck the most for like because a lot of people have kind of like really turned on to Maisie Go now after the Boiling mm-hmm. Rock. We had like an upsurge of like sixty new members to the Maisie Go community at this point. Yeah. In that small amount of time. Which is a lot because we only had like a third of how many people we had in the first place. Yes, but, um, mm-hmm. So I think it would really suck for the people who like just got into it and who are like, oh my god, yes, they're OTP. I finally see it now. Mm-hmm. And because I get a lot of comments from people being like, you know, looking back, I have decided, you know, that was I've seen the Bowling Rock. I look back and I decided that they were actually like really funny and great in the first half of the season. And <laughs> it's really funny, but you know. So I think it would be really sad for them to get, you know, into something and then never get any more of it. Mm-hmm. I think that would really suck for them. And of course, it would suck for people who have liked Mexico for a long perhaps unreasonably long time like myself <laughs> um <laughs> yeah that would suck for them but i think people would still be pretty you know moved by the thing that made them love it in the first place and i think of course if it is the otp for them by the end of season three that people will continue to be really really happy and i think in either case i feel like this would not negatively affect the amount of Maisie Go fan work that there is and no one in of the no reasons, way and one of the reasons for this is that there is nothing i can imagine happening that could possibly make there be less Maisie Go fan work <laughs> so like there can only really be more and so right. i think in the instance that at least people have gotten into it now i think they would if it didn't happen they in reaction they would be like well i'm gonna write a bunch of fanfic about it now because i really like this now and you know they didn't mm-hmm. explicitly resolve it in any way and so i'm gonna write fanfic about that and of course if it does i think more people will also like it they'll want to you know do stuff too and so either way right not much will stop people who you know fans from doing fan work for things like, right not much is ever really gonna stop that so that is my answer to that question mm. Mm-hmm. well said Unless there's something really, really tragic that happens at the end, like, I mean, for me, the only thing that's ever made me turn off of a pairing and forget why I even loved it in the first place is it's handled really, really awfully, which, you know, this is the Avastaff, that's a non-possibility, really, or something really awfully tragic happens, and I just can't even think about it without getting really upset. So, like, May dying, Zuko dying, which really, I don't really see either of those things happening either. So, if it's just, like, an amicable party in the ways, or, you know, it just never happens again, I also don't really think is going to happen but for the sake of argument like Rawls said I think I'm always going to love them forever and ever and ever and I'll keep doing fan work regardless you know if they're not canon it'll be AUs and if they are canon it'll be just continuation of the canon I mean that's the way all fandoms are yeah. Well, I think that it's interesting because I think that when people ask questions like this, what they think the answer is, is, well, I mean, clearly, if it isn't, you know, explicit in the canon, then people will lose interest. And, you know, it's kind of the things people are going to ship or they're going to ship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people in the middle who kind of float around. Like, I think there's been a lot more interest in Meizuko recently because people who were kind of indifferent to it now find it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And some people who didn't like it now are kind of getting a different side of the characters, like now they spent more time with May, they maybe are like reinterpreting things that they saw previously. But for the most part, people are going to ship or they're going to ship. Like mm-hmm. they're going to like characters, they're going to like, they're going to ship or they're going to ship. And in a way, in terms of fan work, if the series ended really ambiguously, you'd probably get more because then people would feel, especially among like the masses. I mean, this isn't like the Shakespeare of fan work. I feel silly even saying that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but in terms of like the, the bulk, most of it's really reactive. And if people ended the series feeling like, oh my God, my favorite pairing got a lame ending they're mm-hmm. gonna write a shitload more fanfic than mm-hmm. if they have like this completely perfect this is everything i could ever have wished for ending because like if you're right. feeling satisfied you're much less likely to write a 13 part epic fic in which you write the ending you wish there could have been you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. right. so like from a fan's perspective it's kind of like it's good either way in a way like i mean obviously i would much prefer like for the show to end in a way that makes sense and doesn't suck but <laughs> there'd probably be a lot more fan work if it's a little bit more ambiguous in terms of like you know I don't like to give a lot of credence to this but in terms of the you know whether or not like if it was completely everything got turned on its head it ended up being some completely other thing you know I don't really know how that would impact fandom because I think that for a lot of people it would really because the relationships in the story are so structural it isn't just like oh who's going to end up with who it's like this story has been set up in a really specific way and certain things are the natural progression from other things that have happened so if all of a sudden it did this crazy u-turn I think people would be sort of disillusioned and they might be 
less likely to write fan work, not because their ship didn't work out, but because they'd be kind of like turned off to canon, mm-hmm. like in a more fundamental way, you know, like in a kind of, well, this is a different show than I thought I was watching, which isn't about like, oh, my ship didn't win or my ship did win. It is more about like, maybe the show isn't the show that I thought I was going to watch. So, mm-hmm. but I don't really think that's terribly likely because Avatar has been so consistently great. I think it will probably consider continue to be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good bet there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that answered your question, Rose. I hope we <laughs> handled that well enough for you. And uh, also, and another thing, and I actually meant to mention this in our very first segment um, when we were doing our readings of our winners for our Drabble Contest, is that when uh, we wrote in the rules that people, you know, we can't use porn. <laughs> <laughs> we can't use porn. But you can send it to us. Well, someone has sent us porn. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you, thank person you. who sent us porn. Thank you, person who sent us porn. That was So great. many lulls were had, you have no idea. Uh, you have no idea. We were very, very happy. <laughs> that you did in fact send us porn so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah who was it and it's like i don't know like their lj name or anything like that uh, i think their name was cheyenne cheyenne like i don't know like their lj name they didn't leave like their lj name or like fanfiction.net or like the air or anything they were just like here since you said it'd be okay to send you porn and that was it yeah <laughs> mysterious porn sender yes all right guys yeah mm-hmm. i think i'm for my pion dao shout out Yes, I think it is too. Yeah, I think we're it's sorry. Time for yeah, we're sorry, listeners, that we completely neglected to talk about Pian Dao in the episode that was entirely about Pian Dao. Uh, <laughs> we were overwhelmed by other stuff and forgot to. But I have made up a song about Pian Dao to make up for it. Oh, oh man! So it is not very good. But here's my song. Oh, Pian Dao, we love you now. You look like Sifu Kisu. We kind of want to kiss you, <laughs> oh. Pian Dao. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Love for getting yeah. song. I, I that was a high quality yeah. impromptu song. <laughs> it was. That was so high quality. And actually, that says everything I have to say about Piondo. That that's a very yeah. That's basically. And Piondo, like, hopefully, we'll see you again when we finally deal with the White Lotus, whenever that may be. Hopefully, it'll be, be with all the other Banff old guys. Piondo. Thumbs up. Sorry, we didn't talk about you. Yeah, he's the shit. We don't love you any less, though. Yeah, about him, other than that he's awesome. That kind of sums it up. But um, Mm -hmm. I think that's about it. We uh, usually do Rex, but since we were doing answering a viewer question, we decided not to this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we suck. Yeah, we kind of suck a little, but you could always, <laughs> you could always go read our fic because yes, we suck, awesome. but yet are awesome. So. Like, Allie wrote a fic from the Boiling Rock, and there may be prison sex in it. I mean, hey, you know, you might oh. want to read that. <laughs> Maybe. So incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Avatar full of teen sex. So full of teen sex always. And like not even like subtle teen sex. Yeah. It's so ridiculously <laughs> explicit that they're having good sexy times in her house alone. Oh, God, yeah. Avatar. They go out of their way to make sure that we know they are having some sex. <laughs> but, um, I guess that's it with this mm-hmm. discussion of cartoon people seeing sex. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next time when I believe we return to our regularly scheduled non-Boiling Rock related things that we will talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be what? The Beach and uh, the Avatar the and, and Fire Lord? Avatar and Fire Lord, yeah. And we will talk about Zuko in all likelihood. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys.